So, I mean, let's be bad. It's like incredible. Oh, it's so good. But you already yeah. named that one. Yeah, so I know I did. I know I did. I just wanted to shout it out again. Megan Hilty in that red dress. And she's got, <laughs> <laughs> she's shout that out. She's got to shout that out. Always shouting out Megan Hilty in the red dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Snowpocalypse production of 9 to 5 Junior, you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. I'm talking Apple. I'm talking Spotify. I'm talking Stitcher. I'm talking Google Podcasts. Of course, you guys share the episodes with all your friends and family. That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And please do that because that helps other theater nerds find our podcast. That's right. The algorithm. Something about the algorithm. We don't know. To find out more about the theater nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com. Or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Smash, a deep dive. On Rachel. <laughs> That's my earphone falls off. With a hunger for fame. <laughs> All right, Rachel. Taylor. Hello. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> going uh we just finished valentine's day love was in the Mm -hmm. air and love is now yeah yeah and now we're on to now we're on that discount candy um oh that too yeah king's cake soon tomorrow what right king's cake like for mardi gras oh oh okay Okay. you know what that Um, is where there's a baby jesus the the purple and gold thing yeah yes okay I am not a Mardi Gras, you know, aficionado. That's all right. Um, I'm really not either, to be honest. Mm. But I yeah. do I do like some king cake. There is a Escape to Margaritaville musical. Will there be an Escape to Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> I think Mardi Gras itself could be a premise for an entire musical. It would just be yeah. like a parade. But speaking of puppets, it would be like tons of puppets. It would be yeah. incredible. And they could sell that cake in the lobby and then people oh could eat gosh. it. Oh wow. gosh. And then what if you got like a baby Jesus and it when you you know when you cut the cake and if you get the baby Jesus in it then you win something and like what if right. you won something and you were able to sit on the stage. And you get beads when you leave the show. <laughs> yeah, only if you take the your beads. top off. <laughs> <laughs> like hair. <laughs> Once again, 
a TV yeah. and my experience, right, 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 except it's right. in the theater. Explicit. This is our explicit, explicit content only. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, we digress about Mardi Gras. Um, you know, DM us if you want to write this musical with us. Uh-huh. Uh, we know amazing. We know There's, absolutely nothing about Mardi Gras, but we're going to write a whole musical There might or might not be it. a tap number. Yeah. It could be about a parade float That's, that doesn't do well in the Mardi Gras parade in in, in uh, New Orleans. I feel the, like this is the pretty The tap good. number is not going to have nudity. I just want to put that no. out there. No one mm-hmm. wants to That's see That's too many jiggling. Number. Yeah, too much jiggling. Yeah. You can go somewhere else for that. Do that on your own time. <laughs> do that on your own time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as much as we could keep this discussion going forever... Mm-hmm. Um, today we are doing a deep dive as you guys are seeing a deep dive a deep dive and it's gonna be listen there's gonna be a lot of discussion about this this I'm is nervous. a show that both Rachel and I love I know that oh it's gonna take you by surprise Rachel I know it will <laughs> I'm because... really nervous <laughs> and I thought like what song would I play there's so many songs I couldn't play but oh. here we go Wow. Well, do I name the musical or do I name the TV show? We are talking about the 2012 television show Smash. Smash. Yay. (laughs) Which I thought about playing that song because there is a song called Smash in Smash. It's true. And then I thought about, there's many, many songs. Let Me Be Your Star. Also a great song. Yeah, but I got to play Let Me Be Your Star, the title song from Smash. The yeah. song that like made the show everything. Like if that song yeah. was written, the, also it's the bombshell song too, so it's right. helpful. Right, which opens the show bombshell, which is kind of crazy. Which is a musical in the TV show. Well, yes. we'll get there. Yeah, we will get there. So this was, as I said, um, Smash over ten years. Last year was ten years, which is crazy. Um, the NBC show. That debuted on February 6th, 2012. So we're almost on the uh, 11th anniversary last week. I can't believe that. I know. Um, And it lasted for two seasons. And um, the final episode aired on May 26th, 2013. Um, This show was created by and showrun in the first season, which we will get to, by Mm -hmm. Teresa Rebeck. And in the second season, it was executive produced and showrun by Josh Safran. Um, yeah, we will talk about a lot of this. There's a lot to the um, conception of this show. There's a lot to the show in general. There's a lot of fun characters that we will talk about. Um, but for those, well, actually, before we get into the plot of the show, yes, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place. A very to good start. place to start. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Rachel, do you remember yeah. at all how you heard about this show? How you got into this show? I it's... have no idea. I, I was I just know. thinking that yeah. it just has been a part of my. Yeah. It's been a part of the lore forever. It has. I'm sure. Yeah. At I mean, least for ten I years. Positive, right? Like it. It. It started in February of 2012. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm positive that something on we were watching something else on NBC. This is throwback, so just everyone minds eye view. If you're younger than us, then this yeah. you might this perspective. If you're older than us, you're like that was last Why week. Ta- Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, throwback to the time when we had cable television, uh, which yes, it still does exist. 
Uh, and you would watch. Yeah, has anyone cut the cable here on the? Let us know. Cut the cord. Is that what they say? I mean, I don't have cable. I mean, I don't either. But yeah, that's mostly just because. But I'm speaking mostly to people that do did have cable and then oh, decided to switch to no streaming. Longer. Oh, right. yeah. Let right. us know. That's a whole different yeah. conversation. I'm true, sure. True. True. But okay, so um, at the time, this was premiered on NBC, right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the time, I, I'm pretty sure right before this, there was something else that was on NBC that all of the theater kids were watching. Couldn't tell you what it was because I can't remember, but I'm going to look it up in a second. And um, I'm pretty positive that there was then some <laughs> residual conversation. There was a preview of this show that was going to come on. And right. I also think when did Catherine McPhee win or not win? Actually, she lost um, yeah, American runner Idol. Up. Yeah. Catherine McPhee. She was runner-up, so Catherine McPhee was the runner-up in season five of American Idol, which was in 2006, so six okay. years before this show aired. Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's a long, longer time than I thought. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that it just became all of a sudden someone saw a preview on NBC, mm-hmm. and then we all decided to watch it. What I do remember is watching the first maybe the first two episodes by myself when, mm-hmm. when they came out live or the next day on, on demand, because yep. that's how this worked. Yep. Um, I yep. do remember at one point halfway through, if not before halfway through the season, uh, the first season that I ended up watching it with other people uh, and talking mm-hmm. about it with other people. And definitely mm-hmm. the second season for sure we did because there were some big players there that we all loved and and we're like we're got we got to watch these people on, knew, on screen right, right for sure um i do think obviously i think we we've even talked about this before glee walked so smash could run oh for sure Glee starting in 2009 so by the third well really fourth season of glee because that started at the fall of 2012. The fourth season of Glee, Smash, came on the heels of that. Um, and theoretically, obviously, Glee lasted for six seasons. I could have seen Smash go on for six or seven seasons if it was as good as, you know, the, obviously we're going to get into the content of the show, but if it was as good as the first season and the, se- and the second season. And I feel, I mean, like this is the time um, where on on NBC, you know, Thirty Rock is on. Mm-hmm. The um, Office is still on. The Office is still on. America's Got Talent is on. Um, uh, what else is on? Hold on. I'm pretty sure that Parenthood was mm-hmm. also on at the time, yeah. and I know Love I was. Parenthood. You know, I was watching that. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm pretty sure that how this worked, how I learned about it at first was definitely through a like a preview of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so how I remember, I was trying to think of it today. I think I saw the music video of Let Me Be Your Star mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I saw the show. And it mm-hmm. wasn't really a music video. It was just like, the character of Catherine McPhee and Megan Hilty, like getting ready for their audition and mm-hmm. they were singing, which I think is just the first scene in the show. I think it's, I just think like, it's just a promo. Yeah. yeah. I even think it's a promo clip. Yeah. So maybe they made it just 
directly for the promo or maybe they may, it is in the show i haven't watched I the pilot remember. i really i probably should have watched the pilot before before i did this but the I've last the show, i will talk about i've the show. seen the show twice or three times through all the way through oh yeah for yeah, sure at least i most recently watched it at the beginning of the pandemic I when people were live tweeting through yeah Watching it, incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, last year being the 10 year anniversary, there was a lot of stuff happening around it. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah, that's what I remember. And I remember NBC doing and, and ABC doing a lot of for their new shows, they would put the first episode, their pilot, onto mm-hmm. like iTunes and you could watch it. Yeah, for free. that's right. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think I watched it there. Yeah. Because I remember watching a show called Mr. Sunshine, and I watched Parenthood, the pilot. Mm, I definitely was watching Parenthood at the time. Yeah. So I remember that. Those are some things I remember. I remember watching, like, my family and I all used to watch the show, sit down and watch the show together. Um, I mean, the cast, once I knew who was in the cast, I was yeah. I was hooked in. Yeah. I And I also loved Catherine McPhee. Um Especially at the time, we can talk about her right. currently in this political climate <laughs> later um, and yeah. her relationships to people. But at the time in 2012, I uh, even before that, mm-hmm. I watched American Idol for like the first five or six, maybe eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I'm Catherine McPhee was like the one person where I was like, she t- totally should have won over Taylor. What's his name? Like a hundred percent. I love Taylor his name. Hicks, I think yeah. is what his name is. Yeah, Soul Patrol. And what I just felt like called? she should have she should have won, and I will never not feel that way. <laughs> um, and so I think at, like I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it because she's in it. And then I realized who else mm-hmm. was in it, and I was like, Are you yeah. kidding? And they got all the right audiences because they had you know different um, actors play in it, so they got all of the right theater non-theater and generational audiences i feel yeah. come to the yeah. table for sure i do and every promo too was like introducing katherine mcphee and i was like don't we all know who she is like every- yeah but it was, <laughs> it was her first thing. acting thing right yeah. yeah 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 and since then obviously she's done most more stuff which we can get into so the plot of the show for those that don't know the first season or both seasons we're going to talk about both Okay, okay. So the show revolves around a group of characters creating new Broadway musicals Mm -hmm. um, and all of their chaotic personal lives as well. But of course, the first season mostly problematic situations. True, 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 true. Um, The first season revolves around the creation of a a musical centered around Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. And then the second musical kind of shifts between. The show about Marilyn Bombshell, as we know. And then a new show created called Hit List, created by these new up-and-coming writers that they that we meet in the second season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's kind of about these two shows going opposite each other, all ending in the finale, which is the Tony Awards, which is, you know. Incredible. We, yeah, it Just, is incredible. So, yeah. so gone too soon, but also what an yeah. incredible last episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I love when shows don't have the budget to show like a full award show. So like that last episode is like just hilarious. Cause they <laughs> like cut so to funny. the people winning the awards and then the, the audience and there's like three people in the audience. <laughs> 
Awards. <laughs> Although, really, it was kind of like last year's uh, Tony I Awards. I mean, it Wah-wah. was like two years ago or whatever yeah, it was. two years ago. The show uh, has a bunch of characters that, I mean, there's a lot of people in this show. But mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this cast, you know, eventually. But Deborah Messing, Jack Davenport, Catherine McPhee, Christian Borle, Megan Hilty, um, Raza Jaffrey, um, Angelica Houston, of course, yeah. Brian Dushy James, and then in the second season, and well, in the first season, Leslie Odom Jr., mm-hmm. in the second season, Jeremy Jordan, Krista Rodriguez, Rodriguez. and and then Will Chase in the first season. So, Will Chase, yeah, my fave, crazy, crazy. Before we okay. get into all of that stuff, I do want to talk about the conception of the show. Okay, the show started developmentally. Um, as an idea from at Showtime, which for people that don't know, oh, Showtime, wow. yes, in 2009 is when it started. Wow. Again, 2009. Look where we are. Glee has become this massive hit. Yeah. And yeah, that's they're fair. like, how do we cap? Other mm-hmm. companies are like, how do we capitalize on this musical hit sensation? So, um, to you know. One, you know, producer that people may know uh, who produced the show, uh, Steven Spielberg. And oh, just, yeah, just, just little a, old Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you know, up and comer at the time. And then yeah. uh, the Showtime entertain the president of Showtime, Robert Greenblatt, who also went over to NBC um, to bring mm. the project. But they were originally developing it at Showtime. And there's an That's interview crazy. with the cast. I believe it was the Stars in the House. Stars in the House during COVID. <gasps> You're right. Had okay. the cast come together. Mm-hmm. And Deborah Messing talked about how she read the first script eventually for Smash. And it had, and it was just Showtime. And it had a lot of seamy scenes in it. It was very adult. It was like the more adult version of, um, of the not the NBC version, you know, um, yeah. cable network. And version. to be clear, yeah. the the yeah. NBC version has a lot of suggestive content. Yeah. yeah, it's not steamy, but there's no. a lot of suggested content that's going yeah. on. And Mess Deborah Messing said, "quote It was definitely a cable show." End quote, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is hilarious. And then the the um the sh- the show kind of got bounced around, and then in 2011, Robert Greenblatt um, brought the project to NBC. Brought on Teresa Rebeck to to write the script, the pilot, hmm. and then brought on producers Craig Zayden and Neil Marin, who people will know. They do a lot of the lives on NBC, so mm-hmm. the Hairspray Live, the Peter Pan Live, like they produce all of those um, lives. So you have them to thank. Yeah, you have them to thank all those all those lives on NBC. So what I find super interesting is that the pilot in the first four, the first three episodes and then a a fourth one later is directed by Michael Mayer, who, if people don't know, Michael Mayer is the director of Spring Awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not know that until today. Oh. (laughs) That he directed those episodes. And what a great. I, do. I mean, everything in this show is really rooted, at least in the first season. I love the second season, but in the first mm-hmm. season, it's very rooted in grounded theater. theater things. Obviously, there's a lot of drama, but you can tell there's a lot of theater lovers that are doing this show that really put a lot of love into it. But yeah, it's super cool that that happened. I feel it's- like what happened was a bunch of theater nerds. <laughs> We're like, wow, now's the time for us to make something where we sing 
mm-hmm. in a show and it's not cringy because Glee is doing still, Glee is still doing so well. Right. Ish, well, ish in 2011, yeah. 2010. Yeah. yeah. And it's still popular. I mean, people are more interested in that kind of theater esque. Also, not to mention, we had high school musicals. We had all three yep. of them. I know. So, yeah. I mean, I I think that that really related to yeah. them coming together. And I think what, but what, what I will say is the first few, not just the first few episodes, but like the first whole season feels like a bunch of theater nerds got together and we're like, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we want to do. And then a mm-hmm. producer from NBC or somewhere else was like, Hey, we have to add in these semi problematic characters. Right. And this yeah. plot, because otherwise it would just be yeah. a show that's trying to get to Broadway and that wouldn't be good enough. And yeah. so it reads to me as like two separate plots that are really trying to come together. And I mm-hmm. can really feel that with some of the, especially some of the romantic or non-romantic situations that happen in right. the first season. Yeah. Well, and we will get that to a little later when we talk about the second season too, about why, how Teresa Rebeck does not come back for the second season to run mm. the show. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little later. Something that I read online. So we'll talk, uh, eventually we will talk about the music too, of course, which is like some of the best parts of the show. Yeah. Um, but Mark Shaman and Scott Women, who are the composers mm-hmm. for Hairspray and Catch Me If You Can and Incredible um, shows. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all of that. Um, they, when they were brought on board, they were told that each season was going to be about a new Broadway show opening. Mm. And I think that is actually such a cool idea. Of course. I think, I think if that was the show, I think it would be incredible. I think it would be a lot of work. It would be like, even just putting up a Broadway show in general is like a lot of work. Yeah. But that is such a cool concept that I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm totally in. I mean, it wasn't yeah. not what was trying to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But they were trying to weave in so much. Mm-hmm. I wish they had before, obviously, this is before White Lotus, but I wish they had White Lotus it, right? Like, yeah. same premise, mm-hmm. different characters, same kind of plot drama points, mm-hmm. but different ways of getting there. And mm-hmm. then we could, we could all watch it again. Like, yeah. 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 What's hard about that is like if that's such a good idea. If someone did that now, they'd be like, oh, they're just trying to be like Smash. But <laughs> I feel yeah. you. I get yeah. that. But I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think if that's what they had done, it would have been so. And if they had executed it well, there are a mm-hmm. lot of things I love about this show, but there is, especially looking back on some of the drama, I'm like, oh my goodness. I can't believe it's so overstated. What's going on. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back and talk about this cast because it is crazy as we said it is crazy now talking about both seasons as a whole do you have like favorites and obviously like megan hilty Catherine mcphee christian borrell are some of my like top ones mm-hmm. but do you have like standout characters or things that moments you remember about this cast that you love um, one of the, I guess it's one of the episodes maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, first of all, um, Julia and Tom's relationship, who are the compo- quote composers and writers right. who's played by Deborah Messing and Christian Worrell are just so incredible. The dynamic between the two of them is just so yeah. good. They really casted um, them so well. 
Yeah, and yeah. they have such a good like there's so much complications between like clearly they they have such an intimate relationship and then also right Julia is married mm-hmm. and that relationship who also Michael right no no she's married to Brian Dushy James that's right he and then yeah. I was like <laughs> I was gonna say Michael Park but that's not right, right. right. <laughs> um yeah but she her relationship to her husband is so it, the way that that gets portrayed is also really interesting and I think really hard related to the intimacy that she and Christian have or Julia and Tom have when mm. obviously Tom is not interested in Julia at all. Right. Um, but I will say one of my favorite parts is when there's a dramaturgy mm-hmm. or yeah. a dramaturg and mm-hmm. it's so good. I don't know mm-hmm. why it mm-hmm. gets so good. Yep. And the, I don't know what else is happening during that episode, but I know that that yeah. is what's happening. And Julia is trying to finish. Is this in the first season? This is in the second season. Okay. So it's season two, episode okay. three, the Great. dramaturg. She's trying yeah. to figure out how to finish the book, basically, try to finish what she's writing. And she's very, very, very stuck. And everyone's like, you should ask for help. And she's like, I don't want to ask for help, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, right. and the dramaturg is so, yeah. so beautiful mm-hmm. and really takes yeah. her like out of her element, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, but that's one of my favorite episodes. And then I also think that I really like the rehearsal episodes mm-hmm. um, in both both seasons, but especially yeah. in season one when they're workshopping and they're literally like the whole most of the whole episode is them in a workshop like space yeah in a rehearsal studio space mm-hmm. I just really find that the way that they talk about the technicalities of the blocking isn't working or like this isn't working really makes me feel like I said like theater nerds came together what I don't like is um the relationship between Derek and literally everyone else Derek plays right. the director or right. it's Jack Davenport playing plays Derek, Derek who is director and yeah and choreographer yeah, yeah and yeah. he has a very like kind of he gives off like a kind of slimy vibe yeah and very like old school to. way director i don't know if he's supposed to vibe. give off a slimy vibe or not and then he ends up like kind of having a relationship <laughs> with karen cartwright played by Catherine mcphee right a romantic relationship and it's just a perfectly little... casted i will say jack davenport is great oh yeah no no he's yeah. amazing as an yeah. actor this relationship yeah. the writing of this relationship we have to remind ourselves pre-big me too movement so yeah yeah i get that five about five years before really before like a big me too movement so yeah but i don't nbc this coming from nbc where i'm like y'all have a lot of weird things going on with yeah. directors and other mm-hmm people and um i just feel like it didn't need to be this way we could have played him being slimy without there actually being romance mm-hmm. and with some kind of like okay this is not going to happen anymore or some kind of reformity or something but then because they end up in some relationship people think that she is just getting chosen because she's in a relationship with him right. or Right. And and it's hard yeah. because you're kind of like it seems that way, even though it's it's not. But then Megan Hilty, who is playing Ivy Lynn, is, you know, has to figure out how she's going to play and be a part of the power dynamic yeah. there. Yeah. Anyway. I think something that 
also can't not be talked about when we talk about this show with the 2023 mm-hmm. lens is yeah. the whole show is predicated in, on Catherine McPhee's character, Karen, and Megan Hilty's character, Ivy, really going up against each other. Yeah, being to, in direct competition. Yes, to get the role of Marilyn Monroe. And obviously that can be compelling in storytelling, but I also think, like, it's just such a... Di- I think even back then, the environment of, like, caddy... I hate to use the word caddy, but that's the only word that's coming to mind, for lack of mm-hmm. a better word. But the amount of, like, caddy, like, backstabbiness language and actual backstabbiness of people in the industry of Broadway probably maybe was happening at the time, but it's definitely, like, not happening now as much as at least you know from what we know of the broadway community mm-hmm. so that's why it's uh, that the, that aspect of the show is like the only aspect to me that is like so unbelievable like i'm like people on broadway like really lift each other up at least from you know from what we know mm-hmm. the community like if someone doesn't get a role like and someone like everyone's really supportive of each other and i think ultimately that's where meg where karen and ivy end up yeah in the end but they end up there because both of them get the things they want right yeah I mean I think that also I mean I think that they're played um there these this rivalry is played up for the tension and the drama and also right. kind of a little bit as a joke I mean they really are like those girls at the audition kind of thing you all know one you all right. know one and um and we've all been there so I, in our own so t- high school theater yeah, experiences yeah for sure so yeah. i totally get that this is maybe a dramatization you know mm-hmm. an exaggeration of that kind of caricature of uh, mm-hmm. of two broadway actresses what is ch- challenging is like there is no full picture i feel like until closer to the second season of the these actresses being actresses like right. of like their fullness mm-hmm. and who they are and why they're kind of like experiencing these things or why they're, you know, insecure mm-hmm. as a full person, not related yeah. to other things. Like yeah. we get a lot of inner dialogue for both of them is either related to the show and their ability to be talented or not, mm-hmm. or feel sec- secure, insecure and, or their relationship to each other, which mm-hmm. is rivalry or their relationship to a guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I have some hard, I don't think yeah. this would pass the Bechdel test. No, that is interesting. That is interesting. I, I mean, maybe, but yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. For those that don't know, Rachel, can you explain the Bechdel test to our listeners up there? Sure. So the Bechdel test, which is spelled differently than you think it is, <laughs> and named after Alison Bechdel, who is the yes. main character of Von Home. Um, basically, hashtag on him is basically like measuring or a type of measurement, mostly for women in film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tests whether they are there are at least two women talking to each other about something other than a man. And um, I think that this specifically. So there's this, act- wait, I do want to say there's actually oh. three rules to the Bechtel test. Okay, okay, okay. There's one. There has to be at least two named women in the sh- in the show in the, or in women. the movie. That's good. There has yes. to these women has to talk to each other and they have to discuss something, something other than other a man. than a man. Yes. Correct. So 
this character, obviously this TV show, there are more than two women that are named. And I do think that they talk to each other about something other than a man. But I think that the show stands as a place of how they're relating to each other. And the only, like, it's either that or they talk Mm -hmm. about men. Right. Um, Right. Or specifically yeah. one man, the director. I mean, they t- they talk about their work, but I think that is like I that's the don't... concept of the show. So yes, and I just yeah. I don't I don't think that they even themselves, even to other people outside of each other, talk about their real feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I think that this is where we were. In 2011, right. 2012, like on these NBC. were the most we had. Especially for a a network show on NBC, like these were the most full fledged right. women characters that we could have. Well, I guess. I mean, not just even that. Like when you think about Parenthood, this is a that's a drama. That, right. There's a lot of feelings. There are like brothers and sisters. There was lots of feelings, lots of drama, mm-hmm. lots of relating mm-hmm. to people, lots of family dynamics, lots right. of whatever. And then you had other things um, that are more surface level of like just trying to get it's not necessarily a drama it's like a comedy mm-hmm. musical theater never knows where it it never knows where it should go <laughs> true i just want that true. to be clear because in some award shows it's in the comedy section and in mm-hmm. other things it's totally not um i would never put lay Miz as a in the character in the category of a comedy musical and comedy that's not the same thing right right yeah. and so i think the whole premise of the show has a really hard time of trying to figure out how to be lighthearted um, and funny and interesting while also providing enough drama while also providing the people like us who wanted to actually watch the show enough original music. And that's what really, I feel like kept theater lovers there is the inside jokes and the original music, which was just freaking amazing. Yeah. And the production value, yeah. So let's segue to the music since we're here. Um, okay. I, one last thing, actually, before we talk about yeah, the music, yeah. I want to say is the backstories on Karen and Ivy are very interesting. Karen is this newcomer. She's yeah. just started. She's very green. She's literally as they from say. Ohio, like yeah. from the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Literally from the her parents, like in the pilot, I think her parents come to dinner and they're like, "Why are you still doing this?" Like that type of thing. Yeah. And then Ivy is like a, a ensemble member on Broadway. She's been in like nine shows at this point or something like that. Oh yeah. And she like everyone knows her. Yeah. Always the under everybody loves her. She's very talented. She hasn't had like her big break yet. And I think she's kind of at her last, like, you know, if I if I don't get a lead, I'm not gonna keep going, type of thing. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So the music, that's exactly, I think, what's so in, what incredible, and I think why this show lasted at least two seasons, was this <laughs> is one of the examples, and maybe the only example, yeah. of where the thing within the show, the thing that they're creating within the show, is better than the actual show. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. love this. Yeah. yeah, so as Taylor said in the beginning, both seasons... Um, have original music and Mm -hmm. both seasons are about at least one show being workshopped in hopes to be produced in some kind of situation and so in the first season it is bombshell and in the second season it's hit list and also bombshell is in there um but the i i i vividly remember taylor watching the second to last episode of the first season 
thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for the next episode because it surely will be just the full run of Bombshell. The full run of Bombshell, exactly. I, think, Which is what I don't know all if I was the only person yeah. who thought this or if we like there was some kind of like Morse code signal that was happening, but <laughs> yeah. I really thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait because at the very end of this, I'm going to see the whole show happen. Right. And right. it's going to be amazing because the songs mm-hmm. were so good. I saw them being yeah. rehearsed. I can't wait to see them all done. And I would have mm-hmm. preferred, not going to lie, would have preferred to have watched a two-hour a- episode of literally the musical Bombshell as the yeah. last episode of that first season. Yeah. And see, like, Deborah Messing and Christian Boyle in the back, like, writing notes. And, yes. Like, <laughs> like it yeah. just, yeah. it would have been, it also would have been so good. It's what we still want. We mm-hmm. have wanted this to be in production since it yeah. conception. Yeah. And I think I remember Mark, Mark Shaman and Scott Women saying that in their original, original ideas, they were going to each, if each season was going to be a new musical, they would mount that and have that go to Broadway every season. Yeah. Wild. Wild. Amazing. Like, wanna, amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So, like I said, I mean, when you think about shows, like there's a show called um studio 60 on the sunset strip Hmm. so that was a show i know real time so that show ran in 2006 2007 yeah it had um matthew perry and bradley whitford and anyway it was about it was basically like a drama version of um 30 rock because it was about Mm -hmm. a show that put on like an snl type show Mm -hmm. and that I actually, I full disclosure, I've never seen Studio 60, but I've heard repeatedly that the show that they wrote, you know, the SNL version on the show was terrible. It was like horrible. And that, but they kept every episode, they would say, like, uh, oh, this is the best, like, we have the highest ratings, like, this is the sh- like, everybody loves this show, like, everyone says it's amazing. But then the when they would actually show clips from the show, it would be horrible. And that's like, I feel like that's really hard when they hype up something. Like, even there's an mm. episode of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel where you see this like um, painting, and so this artist is painting, and they're all like, "This, this painting is amazing." But you never see the painting. They never pan mm. to the painting, and so it's all in your imagination, which I think is like brilliant and amazing. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, with something like Smash, you can't do that. You have to show. Yeah. The show. Yeah. But you've again, been showing it for like 11 episodes. Yeah, Show it yeah. to me at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that was the thing is that every time they would do a song in rehearsal, it would it would like switch to like they were actually performing it live. Sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that is true. Most I mean, and not yeah. all the time, but sometimes, yeah. 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 So anyway, there's so obviously there is a bombshell recording for those who that have all the songs in order. If yes. you order of the show, if you guys want to listen to it, there's also a hit list musical from which the, second the second season, season which, which has a lot of the Jeremy songs, Jordan, which has Jeremy Jordan. <sighs> a lot of the songs are written by Paysack and Paul in which the second so season. Very much which, their vibe. hit list, which is really cool. But as far as let's, we'll take bombshell on its own. Like, do you okay. have? Some favorite? No, I mean it's really hard to pick because all of these songs are incredible. But do yeah. you? I have some favorites. What about you? All right, you go first. I'm looking at the list okay. because there are 22 songs <laughs> in this musical. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I think 
obviously like some of the hits like let me be your star mm-hmm. i think um things like even something like mr and mrs smith is really great oh, let's be bad is national mm-hmm. pastime let's be bad those are like some mm-hmm. of the hits that are like incredible mm-hmm. high hits amazing my favorite so song good. always i think always will be on lexington and 52nd street no <laughs> I love this song. There is, I think the uh, point of we'll view change. to do the point of view to do the subway mm. dress of Marilyn from Joe DiMaggio's point of view, yeah. I think is so brilliant. It, it is, is very amazing. Brilliant. It is very it brilliant. It is amazing. And there's just some lines in there that are like, um, you'd love to see what her husband sees. Just wait for the next subway breeze. Like what wow excuse me <laughs> amazing um and will chase kills it on the album i would i would listen to hear, he hear him so sing that good. every night on broadway also amazing. when he does this stage they don't sing the i don't think they sing he doesn't no, sing the whole song don't. the full song yeah but he does such a good job i mean will mm-hmm. chase really in my opinion underrepresented in this in this show mm-hmm. um but he is so good and so good I, the thing with this show, I'm I'm still I'm on my high horse about it. If the music and lyrics are this good, give me the book. No, this is what yeah. I don't understand. Like yeah. the way that the show puts together all. Like speaking of holistic characters, I feel like we get a lot about how the actual characters feel and think. Mm-hmm. Unlike the TV show that we're watching, right. which is right. very ironic. Right. Um, and they often use, like, I remember there's a version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith where Deborah Messing is singing mm-hmm. that song. And, like, mm-hmm. she's using that song to emote about her own relationship. And so uh, in that way, this is also, like, a double show situation. Right. Right. But, oh, my gosh, it's so good. It's just so good. Then, Give me the book. Give me the full show. Yeah, the other one I'll shout out is Don't Forget Me, which is the finale. Yeah. That's my favorite. Such an, I mean, to open the show with Let Me Be Your Star and end the show with Don't Forget Me, it's like incredible. It's like this, you could honestly, shows would dream of this. I know. Of this, know. these numbers. There, like, I want to read, yeah. I want to, I want to read to you just on Spotify that the opening number of the musical that is not a real musical. It's not has real. never been to everyone. Broadway and we've never seen it. The full show has over <laughs> 5 million streams yeah. just on Spotify. And yeah. the last the last song, like Taylor was saying, Don't Forget Me, has over 4 million streams. <laughs> and there's like six songs, if not more, maybe seven in the middle and in the beginning to, and that have over a million or over 2 million streams. Right. Each song. There's like only four songs that have less than a million streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it's, don't it's understand. Crazy. That is crazy to yeah. me. Yeah. Also, want to shout out secondhand white baby grand. Oh shout no, that's so good. No, yeah, yeah. I'm crying. Okay, Rachel, what's your? I named so many, but what's your fave? <laughs> okay, my most underrated of the whole show is "Cut Print Moving On." Great it's such, song. It's such a kiss Great. me, Kate kind of song. Yeah. And yeah. I really, really, really love that. Um, I will say, um. I don't, uh, one song I don't like 
which I think is funny that Nick Jonas is, sings on it, is I never met a wolf who didn't love to howl. I just hate. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of like why. a repeat of National Pass. Like it's, they're yeah. kind of trying to find the same yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. National Pastime cannot be beat. It yeah. just cannot be me. Fellas. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Just Keep Moving the Line. Also very good. Underrated, I think, as well. So good. I mean, there's just so many. So yeah. many good ones. So, I mean, even, Let's Be Bad is, like, incredible. Oh, it's so good. But you already yeah. named that one. Yeah, so I know I did. I know I did. I just wanted to shout it out again. Megan Hilty in that red dress. Mm. always shouting out megan hilty in the red yeah 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 so as we'll move on to the second season because there's a lot that's happening while we move on of course i mentioned that Teresa reback did not continue on with the second season i want to read the quote she talked about so after um she left the show um citing confidentiality requirements um buzzfeed oh. tried to reach out to her at the time interesting the quote. anyway but she uh i don't know when this was oh okay so it was at the time it wasn't 2012 but she ended up talking to the new york observer about mm. smash times this is a quote she says one of the points of contention last year was that the network thinks they have the right to say to the writer of the show quote we don't want her to do this we want her to do this and i would sometimes say back to them quote she would never do that and they'd look at me like i was crazy and i'd Mm -hmm. be like nope it's not crazy it's just who the character is you have to respect who the character is it is all it has its own internal truth and you can't betray that and if you don't betray that it will not betray you there is this sort of sense that if you don't fuck up fuck with the muse if you don't fuck with the muse the muse will stand by you it turns into bigger questions about power and art power and storytelling is power Mm -hmm. itself bigger than storytelling i would say no yep Yep. That sounds about right. Basically, I was like, basically, she said, I said, this character would never do that. And no. the producers yeah. and whoever from NBC were like, but we need her to, to sell this to sell this this season or to sell yeah. the next season. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, that that makes a lot of sense, especially, gosh, it's really Karen's character the most mm-hmm. and Ivy a little bit. But when you look at Karen's trajectory and what she says in the first episode, the pilot episode, all the way to the end episode of the second of the second season, you're like, what the actual hell? Like, (laughs) you are nowhere near the same person. And it wasn't just fame. It wasn't just sex. It wasn't just romance. It wasn't just this ridiculous boyfriend you had and then got rid of. Like, it wasn't all of these things that made you this way because you didn't show us that that's what Mm -hmm. made you this way. Mm -hmm. It clearly, it clearly to me was like a copy paste. Wait, I'm going to remove that sentence edit of her. And that's, what's hard about that's what's so sad about this show to me is that it could have been so freaking good. Like we could have had so many seasons of this show and it could have been really good if we had not, if the producers had not been, but so concerned yeah about whatever they were concerned about and yeah it's really sad because it does cut the integrity of 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 the characters yeah i want to point this out at its height smash had 11 million viewers at the end of the second season they had 2 million viewers yeah that's insane yeah yeah 
Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I was one of them all along. Yes, I was part of the one million. I will say, or two million. Um, so in the second season, Karen walks into a bar and finds Jeremy Jordan singing about Broadway, <laughs> which we all love. Love that song, Broadway. Here we come. It um, is a good song, but also yeah. when, a Karen like, walks into a bar. when a Karen walks into a bar and finds a Jeremy Jordan, like there's a joke there. There's no punchline. That's what actually happened. And um, she finds, and then Jeremy Jordan and Andy Mantis play these new up and coming, like wannabe. Actually, really, Jeremy Jordan's this like bad boy, like Jess Mariano from Gilmore Girls, and he is like wants to write this show, but doesn't know. Also, doesn't know how to express his feelings ever. And also and, doesn't know how to get a hold of himself and his behavior. Is so afraid they, of of not having success, but also is too afraid of success to move towards it. Yeah, and Karen ends up leaving Bombshell to go write a show with these up and coming bumbling buffoons. Yeah, it's <laughs> honestly crazy. When that happened, I was kind of like, once I don't again, think this would happen once, in real life. Like, would someone yeah. really? Also, because the show wasn't. It wasn't a show. It was just they were like, oh, these are this two This is the good thing writers. that they're just still workshopping. Yeah. Like they're yes. they're like yeah. at the point in Tick Tick Boom where they're in like <laughs> Jonathan Larson's <laughs> apartment. And they're that's like, it. Andy Mantis, they they again they're throwing so much at the wall in this season that Andy Mantis is Jonathan Larson, is the like yeah. is the carbon copy of Jonathan yeah. Larson. Yeah. Um, because spoiler alert, Andy. I mean, listen, it's been over ten years. Andy yeah. Mantis gets hit by a bus. Oh my god! I guess. Why? Also, also looking back, I'm like, why didn't you just have him have like an aneurysm like Jonathan Larson did? Also, whatever? literally, what is yeah. this Regina George? Like, what the actual yeah. hell? <laughs> I once again True. just don't yeah. understand. Yeah. It was so sudden. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, it, it was very sad. Well, also, I think at I that point they Andy probably knew they were gonna. Like, the show probably knew it, it was like, gonna. Remember when they wrote me off and I got hit by a bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the show probably knew it was gonna get canceled by that point, yeah, so they probably were just yeah, yeah. But also, we don't need to kill all the characters. Off. No, no. The thing is also too is <sighs> that I was thinking I was like, what is Hit List about? Hit List is the new show. Yeah. I was trying to think. I was like, what is it about? I couldn't even tell you. I know Crystal Rodriguez is holding a gun in the beginning. Do you remember <laughs> it's this? About... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I don't now. <laughs> isn't it so, about a murder? It's about these two lovers, right? It's basically yeah. and isn't like Karen Romeo and, and Juliet. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, wait. right. And she's the diva. It's High School Musical. <laughs> There's... Right, like, and she wants to kill herself. Wait, hold on. Is there? Hold on, I'm gonna look up the synopsis. Hold on, everyone, pause. Yeah, this is the problem. Is that what? Another problem By the is time that we once, got to what hit list was. Yeah, once you establish a new show, you have okay. This this is gonna be a very like nerdy thing I'm about to say, but obviously DC Please. Comics announced their new slate, and they're gonna have two Batman's within the same. Not they're not in the same universe. But they're ones off on their Robert pa- Robert Pattinson's on his own universe, and then the new Batman's going to be on his own. Once you establish two things in one, you know, coming from the same place, you have the fans splitting in half, going, "I'm going to root for this bat. 
I'm going to root for Robert Pattinson Batman, and then uh, and then the other fans are going to say, I'm going to root for this other Batman, rather than the whole fandom coming together and saying, we're just going to root for this one thing. This is how I feel about Hitless versus Bombshell. You're splitting mm. the fandom in half, yeah. saying, I like the modern Hitlist, which does anyone really, I don't think I've met anyone that said Hitlist was better than Bombshell. But no, but I'm, there's only 12 listen, songs. If you're out there, DM us. We'll have a talk. But you're splitting the fandom being like, okay, there's this show and there's this show, which is, it is an interesting plot, but I think, I think we should have spent more, more people were already invested in Bombshell. They should have spent the season doing that. Yeah. I, I'm reading the synopsis and I still don't understand. What <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. essentially uh, there's this, it basically starts like the beginning of the show smash where this poor right. girl, Amanda, comes in to record for a, a producer in hopes to be a pop star. And then essentially, I guess she's in a relationship with this guy named Jesse, who's played also by Jeremy Jordan, right? Isn't he? Yes. Like, isn't the character yes. Jesse played yes. by jo- mm-hmm. Jeremy Jordan's mm-hmm. character in the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. And, and they meet in the, a bar. Yeah. <laughs> and But it's just like, it's so weird. And then yeah. there's this roommate, Nick, and then Nick and Jeremy, I guess, are writing something. No, mm-hmm. Nick, sorry. Nick and Jesse, sorry, not Jeremy, are writing something and like, you know, writing sheet music, I guess a pop song. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. And then eventually Amanda steals the music, comes back, Nick confronts her. Then yeah. she sells out to be a fake like she's they accuse her of being a fake because she sells out and sells their sheet music and becomes a diva and then there's like chaos that ensues and honestly i don't understand there's a vmas okay does this not sound like the plot to like a victorious episode or something like this i'm telling you this is like a combination of romeo a good old shakespeare show right and also the premise of the actual tv show smash yeah yeah but I mean, I'm I mean, I'm not gonna be that mad about it because I really love some of these songs. <laughs> so I was gonna um, ask, do you have a fave? And from you know, Hitlist? you know, you know I love Jeremy Jordan, but you know who I love even more? Krista Rodriguez. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. freaking slays. This was yeah. the time when when did um Adam's family come out? Hold on. It was after Adam's family. Oh no, this maybe was right it was after. before. Hold on. Because what's her what's his name? Wesley Taylor was in this show too. So no, 2010. So this is right after Adam's Family, oh, right but I'm pretty him. sure this is the reason why I love Adam's Family. Because yeah. I saw Chris Rodriguez yeah. and I said, Who the heck is she? I'm gonna watch mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she's ever been in. Mm-hmm. And I did. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it just uh, yeah, I don't understand what hit list was and the relationship yeah. that hit list as a show and bombshell as a show within the tv show smash wow take a drink every time we say show <laughs> but like the relationship that those two musicals have to each other did not and still does not make sense to me yeah because yeah. i don't you, by the time you're workshopping and or by the time you're on broadway or mm-hmm. have producers to get you on broadway like bombshell you're not concerned about what someone down the street at studio 54 is doing in the in like a competitive way mm-hmm. or in a way that should feel threatening yeah um unless your show isn't working hitless also moved to broadway so quickly that it oh, like didn't make sense at all 
My gosh. Yeah, yeah but I think also, that was, yeah, I think that that yeah. was like a moment of being like, well, you know. We want, they wanted the two shows to go up against each other yeah. at the Tonys, that's why. Yeah. But also, too, like, I bet you, listeners, fans, theater nerds, all you, before we even mentioned the words hit list, could I would have paid you like a million dollars to tell me what the name of this musical was because I would not have remembered it. If, I do yeah. remember solely because I can visualize the poster with her glasses. Oh, right. And right, they walk yeah. by it so many times. Yeah. There's this one scene where I swear they only had enough budget to film mm-hmm. on this one strip. Right. And they walk yeah. by this thing yeah. so many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. And the bombshell poster is so cool. Oh, that's, um, that's I will funny. say I love I Heard Your Voice in a Dream. I loved Heart Shaped Wreckage. Those are great songs. Yeah. I like the song Don't Let Me Know. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Yeah. And the and um Caught in a Storm. Yeah, Caught in a Storm mm-hmm. is, is good. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, well, before I want to talk about awards because there is some interesting award stuff. And yeah. Uh, I want to get to one final question, but any other like? I mean, this show is just—we've already cursed multiple times. This show is bad shit wild. Like, <laughs> yeah, it truly—it should be a drinking game. But we yeah. were in high school and early high school, and yeah, it would have been a white grape <laughs> drinking game for us. But... And I—I I really loved it so much then mm-hmm. that I try really hard not to tear it to pieces now. Um, because there is so many, there are so many like really comedic and funny parts about it, but Mm -hmm. I will say when I rewatched it most recently, I really had a hard time with the relationship between the director played by, uh, Davenport and there. Yeah. And, and the relationship that he, Derek has with, with everyone, honestly, Mm -hmm. and how no one says anything Mm -hmm. and like everyone just kind of decides that he's going to be a sleazy person and then that's fine and no one asks any questions about consent and i once again i am aware that this was made in 2011 um but it still feels like we could have just done a little bit of a better job Mm -hmm. and one other thing about it is that i'm just i am very sad that after all of its trying like literally bombshell had a reunion at a theater on broadway we still have yet to see this show right fruition. yes in 2015 there was a one night only benefit concert where they performed bombshell the musical and a lot of the original stars megan hilty Catherine mcphee christian borrell they were all there deborah Messing, which is wild all that. it was performed at the minskoff theater um and it was sold out it sold out in like an hour i think yeah crazy. it was crazy um and then in 2012 2012 oh my gosh in 2020 it was revealed that smash would be turned into a musical rather than bombshell and on may 20th 2022 mark shaman steven spielberg megan hilty completed the first read through of the new show so i'm what i'm wondering what i'm thinking is they are actually doing bombshell but they're saying that it's smash well, and my but, thing is, have we canceled Catherine McPhee to the point where she's not going to be able to be in yeah, the show anymore? Know. And so then we're never going to get this show. I don't know. I don't know. But I think actually in real life, Megan Hilty was going to play. Like, not in the, not in like, but I mean in actuality, like, Megan Hilty's like more of a Broadway star than. Oh, I for mean, sure. 
I mean, at oh, least at the I time, mean, even now, yeah. Catherine McPhee has done, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Bring do want to talk about Bean in. just throw throw Ooh. a wrench in everything. Oh, I love that. I love that. I do want to throw out some award stuff. So the first season was nominated for full win one, two, three, four, yeah. Four Emmy Awards, winning one for which outstanding choreography, which is Agreed. so awesome. But the, yeah. the, the nominations are so all over the place. Outstanding guest actress in the drama series, Uma Thurman. Why is she <laughs> like okay? Her character is fine, but like she, there are way funny. other people that could have been nominated. That's true. Outstanding choreography, which won. Outstanding music composition for a series, which totally deserving yeah, outstanding makes... original music and lyrics let me be your star um should have won should have won should have won like what the heck what was ugh, what were they doing that year that's what i'm saying they were uh, too busy yeah. and then but the um the let me be your star was also nominated for a grammy award as well i didn't know that yeah which is huh. super cool. Did not win. Um, cool. And then the second season was nominated for two Emmys for original music and lyrics. One being Hang the Moon, um, which is a great song uh, a from song. Bombshell. And then the other, I Heard Your Voice in a Dream, which yeah. was not written, written by Pat and Paul, but Andrew McMallon. McMallon. Yeah. 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 Super cool. I'm going to read off some quick fun facts here okay I'm ready. Okay, so during the first season of the tv show christian borrell was simultaneously um shooting the show but also playing um black stash and peter and the star catcher on broadway amazing for which he won the tony award for which we talked about i love which that insane yeah, that's insane. Leslie Adam Jr., of course, is in the show. Love his character. He's just such a good I job. love his character in the show. He starts dating <laughs> Christian Borrell. Amazing. Um, him and Philippa Sue are both featured in Hit List, and they later on go on to be in Hamilton. I did not know Philippa Sue was in the show. Did you know this? No, I need to go back and watch it. I went and looked. She's like in the ensemble of Hit List. Mm, okay. So she's just there chilling, which I think is really cool. Um, let me see. There have been a few, um, brief musicals about Marilyn Monroe in real life. There was a massive Broadway flop called Marilyn in American Fable, which ran, funny enough, at the Minskoff Theater, which oh, is, I'm sure that's why they funny. did it there. Yeah. yeah. Ran for only 34 performances, for 34 oh. previews and 17 performances. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. terrible. In 1983, wow. um, it was choreographed by Kenny Ortega, who went on to do Dirty oh Dancing and to High School Musical and The Descendants and all of that. Um, so that, as of now, has been the only Marilyn musical, which is interesting. We're in this kind of, I feel like every five to ten years, we're in like this Marilyn renaissance yeah. um, <laughs> of... <laughs> Obviously, that. last year we got the movie Blonde, and now Ana mm -hmm. de Armas is nominated mm -hmm. for an Oscar mm -hmm. for that, which is crazy. A whole other story we can talk about. Yeah, and then a whole different podcast. there's that movie, My Week with Marilyn, which is my favorite movie about Marilyn, which is incredible, played by Michelle Williams. Um, yeah, Marilyn's a very interesting figure, and they talk a lot about that on the show, about why she is a good subject for a musical. I don't mm -hmm. know. Very interesting. Yeah. 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 
I agree. I I mean, I didn't like Marilyn Monroe or care anything about her until I watched Smash. And even yeah. then, I'm like only somewhat partial. Yeah. Um, but I really like the way that they talk about the complex layers about who Marilyn is. And they do this as a stage for which they can, you know, broadcast their own thoughts and feelings and expressions through the world. So uh, Marilyn yeah. is everyone's kind of um, mm-hmm. second self or inner yeah. self as well. Yeah. And what I love at the end of season two aren't um, aren't Tom and Julia going to write a Great Gatsby musical? Yeah. Isn't it like the next thing? Yeah. Which is hilarious. It's so funny. I'm like, yes, I want that. Let that be season we three. We all want that. We all want that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I want as, Tom and Julia. Yeah, I know. I love them too. As we final finalize this discussion yeah. about Smash, yeah. which I've loved so much, yeah, such a great show. Like, ultimately, we love this show. Yeah. It is so great. We yeah. love Bombshell. We hope Bombshell comes to Broadway and does a tour. It, it will make so much money. That's it would the make thing. So much money. It will make so much money. Here is my final question to you, Rachel. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Who would you rather play Marilyn, Karen, or Ivy? Who oh, is your this choice? Is hard. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think I would pick Ivy. Ooh. Yeah. Here's why. Here's here's why. Yeah. I like Karen's acting choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I would pick her as she just does such a good job with some of the slower songs and like really feeling. Yeah. But in terms of the range of this character, Ivy. Megan Hilty specifically, but Ivy mm-hmm. um, really gets it. And I think yeah. that she's got such a playful nature that Karen couldn't quite, I mean, you barely see it um, towards the end. Yeah. I also agree. I would pick ah! Ivy. Also because not that, you know, they say that everything, a lot of the times they pick people on looks, but I think Ivy looks more like I mean, Marilyn. She looks like Marilyn. Yeah. And I think Catherine McPhee is obviously a beautiful woman, but she, I don't think she looks anything like Marilyn Monroe, even with the blonde wig. Um, But I do think, and I think this is the point of the second season is that Karen maybe fits more in a show like hit list. Yeah. That's true. And Megan and Ivy, not Megan, but Ivy fits in more of a show like bombshell i yeah. do think there are some okay. moments of ivy that i'm like okay maybe tone it back a little because there are moments to karen where she brings such a like groundedness rather yes. than a like yeah we're doing broadway uh, yeah like, yeah like thing that i think ivy and I that's why like, the whole show works right. that's why we yeah. actually got a pop singer pop quote mm-hmm. unquote someone yep. who won american idol and someone who was on broadway be the two stars mm-hmm. and that's why it's amazing somehow yeah. this show works Whoever the casting director sort of. was for this show, chef's kiss. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Also Christian Borrow because we love him. <laughs> we love him. Oh, yes. Oh, Rachel, oh, thank you for Taylor, having this discussion. I like yeah. we're, we're, I don't know how you visually say this. Yeah. Guys, go watch Smash. I think it's on the NBC app, but also I think, I think you can, I don't know where you can you stream it. You can watch it for free. Hold on. For free on... Roku channel TV. Oh, it's so on if Roku? you have a Roku, oh yeah, it is on Roku. Then yeah. you can watch it for free. Watch Smash and then watch. Or if you just have Roku channel, <laughs> <laughs> and let us know. Keep yeah. us posted. Yeah, let us know. 
All right, Rachel, let's talk about character of the week. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. This is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what are we doing? What have we been up to? What are what our are vibes? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I ask that every week and I'm like, why do I say that? I look at you so what are you doing? What character are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we pick about our thoughts, feelings, and vibes, and then we mm. scour the theater universe and think, oh, who matches this? And sometimes uh, it's not just a character. <laughs> sometimes it's revolutionary, and sometimes it's just, you know, a good old plain week. I know? do think my favorite yeah. character was being the Wells Fargo yeah. wagon. Yeah. How do I go up from there? Inspired. Inspired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we would also love to hear, listen, you guys' thoughts on Smash. If you haven't ever, I, I'm actually interested. If you've never watched Smash before, tell us what you thought of our discussion. But also, yeah. go watch Smash. We talked about where it was at the end of the episode. I think it's, like, on the NBC app, but also other places. And then, of course, send us your characters of the week. Comment on our social media pages. Tell us who you are this week, and you may get a shout-out on a future episode Rachel, would you like yes. to know my character this week? Absolutely. Please yeah. tell me. It is not the Wells Fargo way. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. One day. You know, one day. So <laughs> this week, uh, I'm, maybe I'll peel behind the curtain a little bit. We are oh. recording this outro and intro out of sequence. Order. I don't know. Out of order. <laughs> out of order from the main episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because scheduling and things like that so i yeah. get to see rachel twice this week which is so fun ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. and <laughs> and this week for me i don't know about you rachel but it's been kind of chill i mm-hmm. actually have only worked well because i did work one day last weekend and i'm working tomorrow which is a weekend day I only worked once during the week, and all the other days, I just kind of chilled and vibed. Saw the new uh, Marvel movie today, Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania. So Amazing. fun. So I've just been chilling and vibing at home with my dog, and I feel like this character is also just chilling and vibing with his family. He's loving who he loves, which is the moon. He loves the moon, and that's because I'm Uncle Fester from Adam's Family the Musical. My favorite, honestly. Such a good song. You would be good. Do you sing that song as an audition song? I I never sang it as an audition song. (sighs) You should. Originated by Kevin Chandler. Amazing. Yeah. That's who I am this week. Rachel, who are you this week? Who is your character? (laughs) Yeah, well, we're both a part of families, so I love, love that. Mm-hmm. This week, I've just found myself, um, like, ready to be ready. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just ready to get the show on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, both with, like, work things and with other things. I'm thinking about a vacation that's coming up soon. And so I'm just, like, ready for things to happen. Yeah. And this character is also ready for things to happen. She and her sisters are ready for her youngest sister to get her freaking act together. Let me <laughs> tell you. And so, yeah, I just feel like her this week. So I am Alana, one of the daughters of Triton. Yes. And purple is also my favorite color. So that's why I picked uh, her. I love that. Yeah. You bit the new Little Mermaid preview we I know. saw also this week, not this so week. Yeah. live action little mermaid oh. i know 
Guys, um, we're so excited. What yeah. a time to be just living when yeah. we can have even more musical content in our lives. Cool. It's amazing. True. True. Uh, well, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week.